That is true. Okay, everybody, we are live. Y'all can stop joking around. I do know your names at the very least. We are well, doing another. Because you wouldn't do that for ESPN. You know what I'm <laughs> well, luckily, we're a little bit more casual here. We can have a little bit more fun and also keep it real. You guys, we are live again tonight for NFL Chat Room. I have a number of distinguished guests joining me again. We have Roddy White. You know him, former Falcons wide receiver. Had a lot to say about Sean Payton. Was pretty much shut down on our chat yesterday is that not correct who got shut down on the chat you did okay let's keep going (laughs) we have the former cowboys passing game coordinator chris richard joining us also as well chris thank you for joining us yeah thank you for having and then we also have former texans cornerback you played for a number of teams as well i'm not going to list all of them charles james hello how you doing i'm good and then we've got our fourth word star, Telegram Cowboys beat writer, Clarence Hill. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. How you guys doing today? And I'm hearing that clicking again. I don't know where that is coming yeah, from. I was just about to text you. Oh, my goodness. And Lake Lewis, who is our Washington insider and analyst as well. Yo, Tina, I'm thinking that's you, man. It is not me. And everybody else, man, but I think it's you. All right. Well, here's what I'll start off the conversation and then I'll pull myself back and check. But I'm pretty sure it's not me. We know that we have a couple of Thanksgiving games uh, going on tomorrow. We have Lions at Texans. Um, that's at 12:30 p.m. Eastern. And we also have Washington at Cowboys. We are going to start off with the Washington at Cowboys game, which is 4:30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, Lake, why don't you set the scene in terms of what you're expecting to see? Uh, from this uh, three and seven team that just came off of a win against the Bengals. You you see two teams that are, (laughs) I don't want to say bad, but you know, they have a chance to, uh, you know, the winner of tomorrow's game, ironically will be in sole possession of first place in the NFC East with four wins uh, going (laughs) after week 12. So that's not a good look, but nevertheless, you have to play the games. And I think, uh, you know, at least for all of us on Thanksgiving, we'll get a chance to see an old rival that will mean something, at least for one week. I'm expecting a competitive football game. Um, Washington beat up on Dallas a couple weeks ago. I think <laughs> Dallas feels like they have their feet under them a little bit with Andy Dalton back. I'm expecting a competitive game. Uh, Clarence, since you're representing the Cowboys on this chat, uh, what what do you think will be different between uh, the two teams from the last uh, time they played? Obviously, there have been some injuries. Yeah, but let's just reset. It's two bad teams in a bad division. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's, let's just put it out there. They're, they're bad teams in a bad division. You know, three wins. And, you know, and, and it's week 10 or week 11. You know, three wins. It's two bad teams. And uh, from a Cowboys side, they they hope that they can gain some momentum after finally getting their first road win of the season. Uh, certainly having Andy Dalton back back with the team for the first time since he was rudely and disrespectfully, wow. and, you know, with that dirty hit from John Bostic in the last game against the Redskins, <laughs> it was a dirty hit. Okay. And so the, the Cowboys have a little extra motivation uh, to, to show up. And, and certainly uh, Andy Dalton doesn't remember much from that game. He doesn't taste much because, you know, he's recovered from COVID-19. But a victory against Washington on Thursday would be sweet. Well, and I think it's interesting because you said he was disrespected by John Bostic, but, you know, some people also talked about the fact that they felt like his own teammates disrespected him by not necessarily coming over to him after that hit from Bostic. No, there's no Clarence. doubt. You know, yes. and, and, and one reason for that is because 
they were playing that game with a bunch of neophytes and offensive line and, and, and uh, young rookies and, and undrafted free agents who were just out there for the first time. Uh, Zach Martin is playing tomorrow, you know, mm. and, and, and certainly uh, that won't happen again if Zach Martin's on the field. He wasn't on the field for that game. Uh, certainly the, the Cowboys did not show up and in, in, in really did not defend their quarterback. Uh, that won't be the case this time. You know, they, they you know, you got a veteran offensive lineman there leading them. They will show a little more pride. So that that's all part of the mix for tomorrow, uh, from the Cowboys' point of view. And they, and again, this is the Cowboys' defense that's also improved, playing a lot better than they were earlier in the season. And Chris Richard, jump in there. Obviously, you just heard Clarence mention that he feels like the defense is turning the corner a little bit. I think they were had a little bit of a, a bit more of a spirited. Uh, game against the Steelers as well, obviously playing an undefeated team at that point that's still undefeated. But what do you think kind of about the evolution of this team in this iteration this year at three and seven? Well, right now the records go out the window. So Mm -hmm. the only thing that's important is the next game that you have. And um, obviously them still being able to compete for the division is it's vital. It's important. The uh, really, I think the irony is, is, um, I was on staff in Seattle when we were seven to nine and hosted a playoff game and we ended up beating the defending champion. So, um, you know, here we are, you take a step back and you're looking at a, a division that's quote unquote struggling. And at the end of the day, you, whoever is representing the, uh, that, uh, that division in the playoffs, you still have to go to their home and you still got to deal with them. And uh, Roddy, jump in there. What are you expecting from these two teams, other than the fact that we know that you don't hold very high opinions of either of them? <laughs> nothing. I ain't expecting nothing. <laughs> nothing? I just hope the game is competitive for yeah. everybody and things get to take. I just hope it's competitive. Well, Roddy, I'm, I'm curious from you real quick. Do you feel like Alex Smith has done enough to earn the role as being the starter from here and just even moving forward? Or do you still have some feelings about how, quote unquote, Dwayne Haskins was done? Uh, I I do have a, a bit of a feeling about that. I mean, I just don't understand the leash on African-American quote, black, well, black quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's like the leash is so short, man. And um, they know coming out of college when they drafted that guy, that man played one season of full football. So you got to get time to get through the bumps and bruises, you know, at least a year, at least 16 NFL games, you know, give him an opportunity to go out there and showcase what he could do, and then let him build on that. Let him have an officer coordinator in the room with him that can understand his voice, sit down and go through plays and progressions and things like that so he can have a better understanding on a year-to-year basis. I mean, they just cut the leash so short on the guy because they said they had an opportunity to win. No, you don't. You don't have an opportunity. You win nothing, yo. You're not. I mean, I said the same thing. I just hate the excuses that they make. You know, we're going to go with this guy. We're going to go with this guy. Man, we've seen Allen. We've seen Alex Smith. We've seen all these guys, man. And I'm happy for Alex Smith and his journey on getting back you know, on the field and everything like that. And he deserves to play because he, out of the guys that's on the roster, he is the best quarterback for them and gives them the best chance of winning. But when you say you draft a franchise quarterback to be that guy for you in the near future, then you need to just stick with that guy and just let him learn. Give him two, three years. This is like every African-American quarterback that gets drafted in the very in the first round, top five, ten, top ten pick, they got an eight-game leash. 
If you ain't good, they just move on from you. I just, I don't understand that, man. All right. Well, I think we get your point. Charles, jump in there. Do you agree with Roddy or are, are you comfortable with Alex Smith? Because the NFC East basically is still up for grabs. I mean, I, I feel like at this point, Alex pretty much just gets it by default. Uh, yeah, I agree totally 100%, man, with Roddy, man. Like, the leash is so short, man. Like, they almost treat, you know, African-American quarterbacks like priority free agents. Like, you know, you know, if you can make it, you know, you got the job and you get to keep it. I mean, but if you don't make it happen within these few these few weeks, man, it's on to the next. And it's like, that's not fair. This guy's shuffled through, you know, coaches, coordinators and situations like that. I mean, give the kid a chance to ball. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's kind of different what they got going on in Washington. They change their name. They're doing everything. So, I ain't surprised. Chris, I'm actually curious how you feel. Um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity, and I'm going to ask you about the other team. Have you seen – have you gotten a chance to see Chase Young yet a little bit or no? Uh, I, I have. Not really? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I have, and uh, I mean, tremendous talent. From what I understand, he's mm -hmm. uh, kind of a local product here mm -hmm. in Dallas. I'm, I'm still in the Dallas area. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he had a hell of a career for Ohio State. And uh, I think he's pretty much picking off or picking up from where he left off. Um, pretty tenacious, good pass mm -hmm. rusher, strong at the point of attack, and bringing a little bit of youthful exuberance to that defensive line, which obviously the rest of, excuse me, the Washington football team, they've been uh, notable, right? So having a, a formidable defensive line throughout the years. Uh, and Lake, you know, some people in Washington have been talking about, or I think there was an article you were reading where someone's trying to contest that they feel like Chase Young was a bust, but I know you uh, hotly contest that. I think he has, what, uh, five tackles for loss, now two fumble, uh, forced fumbles, one pass defense, but just three and a half sacks so far in the season. He missed the game against Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the article was, you know, written by Washington Post, you know, columnist there. I won't mention his name. <laughs> um, but, but basically, he said that you know he wasn't please. living up to his right. status. You know, he wasn't. <laughs> they want you to mention the name, like oh, please, Tom please. Boswell. Oh, I, I, I did. Okay. <laughs> and he, he said that he wasn't. He wasn't living up to his uh to the to his draft status. Number two game. And, and that's just not true. I mean, this guy does so many things that don't get you know seen in the stat sheet. Uh, you know, he's making other guys have career years. Montez Sweat in his second year has five sacks. So I mean. These are things that him being on one side getting double teamed is helping the other guys. And I can safely say I've been critical of some of the other D linemen that were number one draft picks. They haven't lived up to their draft status. It's not Chase Young. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, you're, you're expecting for this guy to come in and have, you know, people were saying 10, 12 sacks. I mean, they have to understand how hard that is for a veteran, let alone a rookie to come in and do that. And I will say this, that that D-line is missing Matt Ioannidis. I think Matt mm -hmm. Ioannidis is their best interior lineman. And when he got hurt, uh, you know, early, Leading tackle, that pretty much right. changed the whole dynamic of this defensive front. Clarence, is there anything else that you want to point out about the matchup on Thursday between Washington and the Cowboys? You know, uh, uh, I guess we haven't gotten the cold yet, but, I, you know, we just found out today that, that Daniel Snyder won't be traveling to the game because of COVID-19. I don't know if you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he's not going to be. Well, he's not game, playing. No, no. But you know, it's it's interesting <laughs> that it, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. But go ahead. No, he, he's not playing. But you know, I, I'm interested in what Roddy thinks about the receivers in this game, and 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 certainly 
Cowboys rookie receiver CD Lamb, and then Redskins receiver Terry McLaurin, who's having a, had a great two years, but I don't think people know how good he is. You no, know, people he, know how good Terry is. Huh? Yeah, they know how good Terry is. No, I, I don't know if they know nationally. You got you may know because, but I don't know nationally if people know how good Terry is. Uh, but I know he's good. I look at his numbers. He's been good from day one. But you got C.D. Lamb. You got Amari Cooper uh, in, in the Cowboys receiving core. C.D. Lamb looks like he's certainly a star in the making. He's already broken the Cowboys receiving record uh, for rookies. Well, I will say real quick about Terry McLaurin. I think he has 120 receptions in 24 games. He needs 11 more for the most in 25 games for the Washington franchise record. I know, Lake, you have a comment about him. Oh, he's going to get it. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a done deal. Um, this guy, like I said, I was well, we were talking yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. Roddy and myself, I said in his training camp in his rookie year, I actually tweeted out that he looked like a combo of Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Just as far as guys that have played here with this team, he's physical, mm -hmm. he's fast, he's a great route runner. Um, he gets all the 50-50 balls. I, I mean, this guy right now to me is their best player, period. And I kind of agree with Clarence. I'm not sure how big he is on the on the national scene. Um, mm -hmm. So tomorrow could be kind of like a, a coming out game for him nationally for people who haven't seen how great he is. But to me, I mean, he's playing like a top 10 receiver right now in the league. I, I know that sounds crazy, but he really is. If you go back and look at his stats and the fact mm -hmm. that he's doing this with three different quarterbacks, all three different styles. So let's move ahead to the Texans game. Lions at Texas, 12.30 p.m. Charles, this is your former team. Uh, I'm just curious how you feel like this team is playing under Romeo Cornell, and do you feel like um, this is a, a surefire bet against the Lions or no? Yeah, I would pick the Texans um, over the Lions for a lot of reasons, but, I mean, I love Deshaun Watson. How he's playing, uh, he's low-key having a really, really great year, but the Texans are having a really bad year. And it just looked bad, like, all over. Like, I mean, you know, you got – defensively, they're not playing as well as they should be. Uh, of course, we saw the whole coach situation with Bill O'Brien, things like that. Uh, one point to make them out, I do think Rack should get that job. Romeo Cornell actually do. I, like, we responded. Uh, even when I used to play there, we responded to that dude. So, well, he's the player's coach. Um, you know, although he's a little bit older, man, he just gets it. And it's guys like that you love to play for. Um, so I think that, you know, I feel like they can get over the lines. The lines have a lot of injuries. I know uh, I think Galladay is out. Oh, my gosh. They have so many. Mm -hmm. uh, they have Okuda out, uh, their rookie uh, corner. So I know they're missing a bunch of guys. I think the Texans get it done. I think, uh, you know, Deshaun goes off, put up in the big boy pants like he always do and get a win. Yeah, Okuda's out. Austin uh, Bryant, Deshaun Hand, Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, uh, no Mike Ford, et cetera. Um, Chris, can obviously you were just talking about Romeo Cornell. Can you kind of just speak to the difficulty of having to, you know, have some changings with the coaching staff, you know, and dealing with adversity in the middle of a season, kind of like Romeo Cornell has been thrown into this with Bill O'Brien gone, and he's not obviously the only, you know, coach going through that. And likewise, uh, Matt Patricia is trying to deal with adversity of his own. And you know, some people say that, you know, this game has to be uh, one for him to, you know, you know, kind of keep in the consideration of keeping it his job. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, um, CJ's comments about him are, are, are resounding. And um, I think it, it, it lends a, a lot of credit or, or obviously to, to strengthen the fact that Romeo has a lot of credibility throughout the National Football League, not only from players, but coaches alike. So um, I, 
the only thing that I could imagine is 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 what's true every day for you, and that's if you stay true to who you are, then you got a really good chance to be successful. And from what I know and understand about Romeo, is that he's not going to deviate from that. He's not going to deviate from his character. He's not going to deviate from what he knows to be true, and that's why guys buy into him. So regardless of record or whatever is going on there, I know that guy, man for man, is pretty much going to be able to stand with anybody. Roddy, who do you um, like as far as quarterbacks in this game? Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, I believe he has 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's been sacked 27 times. I know when I had Adrian Peterson on the program, he nudged him a little bit about making sure that he gets rid of the ball a little bit quicker. And then you've got a guy like Deshaun Watson. I believe he has at least five games over 300 yards passing. Um, so obviously they don't play each other, but they're in the same game. Which quarterback are you favoring in this matchup? I'm going with uh, Young Greatness. That would be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> young Greatness. Young Greatness. Did you just dub him that? Is that his nickname? Yeah, yeah that's my okay, name. I don't, I don't know anyone else that calls him that but you, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah Young Greatness going to go out there and throw about 400 on Thanksgiving tomorrow. 400? Okay. Yeah, he's going to put on the show for all of us tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lake, do you have a comment about this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, two two great quarterbacks, uh, but I'm a Deshaun Watson fan. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I just think he's probably one of the most underappreciated players in the NFL. You know, I, he's a guy that should be mentioned in that top five as far as quarterbacks, but because his team's not that good, you just don't hear about him. So, again, happy for him to be on the national stage to show people how great he is. Charles, last question on this game. I'm just curious in how you feel, because obviously some of your players can even speak more freely, former players, that is. Uh, do you feel like Matt Patricia's done enough to, uh, you know, warrant keeping his uh, job as head coach of the Lions? He should have been gone. Being okay. gone. That dude should have been I don't see how he gets this long leash, but you know how the black quarterback thing is? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. That's the – just the, the sum it up, I just don't understand how that dude get to keep his job. Every well, Adam Gase is, you know, hold, is, you know, having somewhat of a tenure there too with the Jets. They suck. Mm-hmm. They suck. The Lions suck. And it's his fault. They are he is the head coach. He is the one that's supposed to keep it together. Every every I don't see it. I just don't see it at all. No yeah. explanation at all. My biggest thing with Matt Patricia is you were doing that, so yeah. like you a defensive guy. And the Lions for the last three years have not gotten better defensively. And that's all you do. That's what you do. <laughs> like at some point, and your you best defensive player doing a good job at what you do. <laughs> Come on. Like if the Lions finished in top five in defense every year and they were just couldn't score points, then yeah, you off the hook. But you just getting. 30 put up on you every week. Well, you know, just next game, next week, you know, we'll talk about his job status. Nah, man, get up out the building. Okay. Got the biggest indictment is on the, on, on the GM, though. I mean, they hired Patricia because Jim Caldwell wasn't good enough. The Jim Caldwell standard wasn't good enough, and he has not even come close to, to Jim Caldwell's level. At all. At all. And I so, agree. you know, you – there's no way he can do enough to keep his job when the Jim Caldwell level is the is is the measuring stick. And and Jim Caldwell at nine and seven wasn't good enough, and you haven't come close to that. 
Well, obviously, because we do have Chris Richard, you know, joining us live, I want to, you know, just point out how much at least I personally feel uh, you are a great leader of men and um, definitely have the acumen uh, to be a formidable, notable uh, coach again in the National Football League. Um, if you just want to really quickly share with us, is there a situation that you can illuminate that you feel like would be most optimal for you to return? Um. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm humbled by your comments. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's the right situation, you know? And um, I've, I've been asked the question of uh, why, you know, why, why am I sitting out this year? Well, there, yeah, I've, I've had opportunities to go and join other staffs this year, but mm -hmm. um, it wasn't going to be the right fit. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is it wasn't going to be the right decision for my family and I to stay on the trajectory that we believe that we're on. And what sense would it make to take a step back in essence? Mm -hmm. And, you know, his, his, historically, if, if um, again, you kind of take a look at the plight of uh, coaches of our complexion throughout the years is we, we most often have to do that. You know, and it's just been important to keep a job in order to stay relevant because of the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. And so then you get caught kind of taking anything and then before you know it, that decision kind of led to derailing wherever you thought you were going as far as your career was concerned. Now, best fit is what I've been preparing for since I, I entered coaching and has to be a head coach. Mm. It has to be a head coach. And I, I, I'm still preparing to this day. And um, obviously, on when, when Lord willing, you know, we get the mm -hmm. opportunity to go out there and prove what we're capable of proving. Then you know, what, whatever happens after that will happen after that. But um, obviously, that's what we're shooting for. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, I don't think any of us should be afraid to say so. Mm. And it's not a thing of ambition when you know at your core that, that that's what you're capable of doing. All right. We'll speak on it too. And just to be clear, that is what you are targeting for the upcoming season after uh, this 2020 season. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, why not us? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't serve a God of impossibility. Speak on it. I I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. Well, real quickly before we go, I wanted to um, just also address what's going on. The other game that was supposed to be played was Ravens at Steelers. That game got uh, postponed to Sunday due to the outbreak that's going on with the COVID virus with the Baltimore Ravens. They had at least, last time I checked, uh, seven players that tested positive for COVID. They also had three strength coaches, per source that was telling me that, and a position coach. And then prior to us coming on, a report came out, uh, or uh, the Ravens actually released a statement saying that they disciplined a staff member in relation to the COVID outbreak. NFL Network reported that that staff member was a strength coach. I'm assuming it's one of the ones that uh, tested uh, uh, positive for what I was told. I'm just curious what you think about the game uh, guys being postponed and the fact that because I know, um, what's his name, uh, Hayden, uh, he was very mad. Also, Juju Schuster, these Steelers players are very mad that they have to miss a game because of uh, some reckless behavior by somebody on the Baltimore Ravens thoughts. Are they putting the game till Sunday or are they just 
As of now. It's Sunday. It's Sunday yeah. afternoon. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Clarence? Yeah, I think, you know, the Steelers players wanted to yeah, be go ahead. on. Uh, they, wanted to be on they wanted to be on prime time. You know, they wanted to play in front of the country on uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> and they know they were going to beat Baltimore. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and the Steelers players upset, you know, because of the primetime thing and because it was a, a problem with Baltimore. But we, we forget that the Steelers played the Cowboys with their player who was positive just a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. And, and, mm-hmm. and they had put a couple of guys in quarantine, but he was on the field playing snaps against the Cowboys with a, with a COVID positive player. So, you know, this is really something you can't control. I mean, the problem is that, you know, it's easy to finger point and you've made this mistake or made that mistake. And you know, I've had friends and family who've had COVID, you know, we can try to control it, but COVID is making these decisions for us. And so, you know, you can try to put the protocols in place, but you really have no control of what's going to happen. So you have to kind of deal with it and roll with the punches. Uh, the good news for the Steelers is, is the, the Baltimore players who are aren't in COVID, they won't play Sunday either. So it's not like Baltimore's getting their players back. Well, here's the thing. I know, you, Clarence, you're talking about you can't control, and certainly you can't control the airborne factor of it. But, you know, from what I understand, you know, some of this discipline to the staff member is around the fact that I think after they did the contact tracing, uh, they saw some behavior from this staff member in terms of not wearing the mask consistently and certain things like that. So Charles, you know, I saw some people on Twitter saying that they felt like, and this is just chatter out on Twitter. I'm not saying this. I'm talking about what I was reading, you know, angry people talking about the fact that they feel like, you know, the Ravens should have had to forfeit that game because due to some of the aspects that could have been controlled, it wasn't the Steelers' fault. Your thought? I mean, I just really think, you know, it's like, you know, I know a couple guys on the Steelers, they just really, really, uh, I don't know who said it, but they just really wanted to beat the Ravens on primetime. That's just really what it boiled down to. <laughs> they, really, they really hate the Ravens that much. And I've, I've you know, I've had my little uh, time in Baltimore and I played, they don't shake hands, they don't do it, they hate each other. So, Beating the Ravens on primetime, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of trash talk go back and forth in between, I mean, behind the scenes that, you know, a lot of people don't catch and stuff like that. They really hate each other. So it really boiled down to they don't care whether they are the game. So beating them on primetime at Thanksgiving for them is like, yes, like we beat these. You know what I'm saying? It, it was, it's that. You know, so it's but not. Really should hard. they have had to forfeit, Charles and Roddy? Should they, as a, as a, as a, as a if you guys were Steelers, you know, is that is that how you would have felt like it's not fair? The Ravens should have had to forfeit. I'm just no, no, not when I'm the better team. I'm trying to hand out some whoopings. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want to make sure that they earn that whooping? Is that what you're trying to say? I need, I need, to, send, I need to send a message and send a tempo because they may have to play these guys in the postseason. And things like that. It's they ain't gonna have an excuse if they got guys missing. I mean, you're talking about Calais. I mean, a per reports, I don't like to put stuff. I'm just talking about what's already out there. Reported Calais Campbell. You got the center, Matt Scurra, uh, Ingram, it, JK Evans. I mean, I need to hand out this whooping so the next time I get on <laughs> the field with them, they understand <laughs> what it is. All, all y'all right. Ravens anyway, so that's how I feel. Backups and all. If they hand right. out the whooping, they may not have to play them again because that would be it for Baltimore, technically. That could be. All right. Well, we definitely know how Roddy and CJ feel in terms of handing out uh, whoopings that they supposedly would have handed out if they were part of the Steelers, but you're not. So what we appreciate that. But listen, we want to wrap up this NFL chat room. We definitely appreciate all of you joining us. So for Lake Lewis, Roddy White. 
Chris Richard, CJ, Charles James, Clarence Hill. I appreciate you joining us for this uh, pre-Thanksgiving edition of Undefined Live. You guys have a good one. And anybody making me anything for Thanksgiving before you go? I got that. What? What was that? I'm sorry? I'm about to try the red velvet cake. You making some red velvet cake? Yeah, I'm about to try it out. You, you about, I, know, I know you're not making it. You're about to try it out. No, okay. I'm one. Okay. okay. All right. Anybody else? Chris, are you making me something? Clarence, are, you, are, are any of y'all cooking? No, I married a beautiful woman. Yeah, I'm cooking. I, I got some crown for you. You got some crown? <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's why I don't like none of y'all. And on that note, goodbye. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.